Welcome to Let's Talk Learning Disabilities with Lori Peterson and Abby Weinstein. Lori and Abby spend their days talking about dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, and ADHD. They talk to parents of struggling students and adults who have had a lifetime of academic challenges. They want to share those stories along with their own insights with you. So, let's talk learning disabilities. This is Lori. And this is Abby. Welcome to episode number 78 of Let's Talk Learning Disabilities. Thanks for being here today. 78, again, crazy. Uh-huh. Hope everybody's having a great start to the fall season. If you're listening currently, we are getting into fall and it's feeling so nice outside. So hopefully everyone's enjoying that and starting to get excited and ready for the holidays. Well, and you know, we're in Texas, so we're a few weeks, maybe a month behind everybody else in fall. fall. That's true. But we're really excited about it. That's true. We'll take any kind of like sweatshirt weather, bring it, bring it on. Anything below 80 is exciting. Exactly. Exactly. So today we are going to be talking about assistive technology, which is something that I think Abby and I spend a lot of time talking to families about what kinds of technologies are out there that can help you or your student be successful um, despite their learning disability. And, you know, Abby and I have kind of our tried and true list of things that we recommend, but we are always looking for what else is out there, what's new. And so today we have a very special guest, Kathy Graveline. She is from Canada. So we were just talking hockey a minute ago. Um, And she is a specialist in the area of assistive technology. So she is going to be joining us today to share with us some information about different types of assistive technology that is available for different ages. So, Kathy, welcome. Are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. We're very excited to hear everything you have to share. So, if you don't mind, do you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself with the listeners, kind of what you do and how you landed doing what you're doing now? Um, absolutely. Um, I've worked with um, students with learning disabilities from grade three to grade 12 um, since uh, for about 20 years now. I started out as an ed assistant at Foothills Academy. And from there, my background was actually computers. Um, so I ended up that I was often helping students with the computers because they were starting to have computer banks in each classroom. Um, and as I was helping them, um, one of the teacher that I worked with, actually, he went to a conference at Landmark College um, in put me Vermont um, and actually I had opportunity to go there myself later on um, but he came back with the knowledge of um, Dragon Naturally Speaking so I started coaching students um, to use Dragon Naturally Speaking originally I just had first one student um, we'd have them on a desktop and kind of would that would be when that student needed to use dragon then they were they could bump the person that was on it off um, and then basically from there um, I started to um, find other 
technologies that student could use, and I moved into the role of, uh, te- of assistive technology specialist. Um, so yeah, it kind of grew from there. Um, at one point, I was just actually working in IT, but then I just had the role, um, a full-time role of assistive technology an assistive technology specialist. Sometimes I say AT because it is kind of a mouthful to say. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, my role was to just find other technologies were, that were out there and train students to use them. So I would go into classrooms, help a group or work one-on-one. I did a lot of one-on-one with students. And you're no longer with the school though, correct? Um, no, I am currently, I did retire because I was having twin grandbabies that lived in Red Deer, so I wanted to be able to go and help. Um, and so then from there, I um, have just continued to consult to, with parents and their student, um, done some workshops and um, some conference um, things I've also done. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you are definitely an, a, an AT expert. AT expert. Yeah, something I'm still passionate about, actually. Have you seen, I guess I would call it an evolution in assistive technology, you know, as far as we all know and probably can agree that the prevalence of students with learning differences, learning disabilities, you know, um, has become more and more prevalent in this day and age. And school and college and the rigor of workplace and all of that has become more intense and higher level. So have you seen a big change and growth in assistive technology, let's say over the last 10 years? Um, Absolutely. Because originally, uh, like I said, um, I started using Dragon Naturally Speaking with students, and that's all that was available. So it had to be installed on the computer and had a training process. Um, So I worked quite extensively with the students to get to a point where they mastered using speech to text, um, as they called it then. It has lots of names now. You'll hear it called speech to text. Um, you'll hear it called voice typing. And a lot of people use the word dictation more now, which I, I actually do like because there is speech to text and text to speech and often they get confused. Um, so it has gotten to a point where it's offered it online and it's offered in more places. I wouldn't say that it always works as seamlessly as Dragon Naturally Speaking because it's not a dedicated program, um, but um, it's more readily available. So I always say that students need to practice using it um, because when they're practicing using it, it I'm, it's not just that. It, the practice that they need is for them to become more aware and learn how the program um, recognizes their voice and what they can change to help it recognize it more clearly. Um, and I'd have to say that speech text or dictation um, recognition has improved quite a bit from 20 years ago, like even from 10 years ago, but from 20 years ago, it has improved immensely. So it, it is the kind of thing that um, if students um, take the time um, to use it and practice using it, then they will master it. 
Um, so if you don't mind, I think the easiest way, because there is there are so many different technologies available out there. I think what we kind of like to do is go through and talk about, we'll start maybe like elementary age. What do you find to be the most helpful in an elementary classroom for kids with learning disabilities, kids with ADHD? What are the things that you find most helpful for that age group? Okay, with with um, students in the grade, in elementary school, I normally, um, I always start off with speech to text and text to speech. Um, and generally speaking, students, um, and I would start with students in grade three, um, but generally speaking, they don't master it at that point in time. And so, I mean, some do, absolutely. But a lot of students do. And it takes um, meeting with them over and over again and us just practicing using it. Um, and when I do that with students, I often know that, okay, so this student may not become an expert at using um, speech to text or text to speech at this point in time. Um, but I know that the students, um, as time goes on, often I, I've worked with a student from grade three, and then all of a sudden grade nine, it takes even sometimes for all of a sudden it to click that they become a master of using it. And not only that, they become a person that wants to use it and is actually starting to see the value. Um, so I never ever think that even in a, if with a student in grade three, perhaps they're not all that keen in using it even, um, but I never consider it time wasted because I often see the evolution of it. And I, I and actually I have had students adamant about, oh, it doesn't work for me. I don't want to use it. Um, approach me in grade eight and nine when their workload increases and they all of a sudden they approach me and they say, I want to try again. So I, Mm -hmm. That time is never wasted. But the biggest thing that I did find with um, elementary school is that um, I find tablets or iPads are um, much easier for those students to use because they are more hands-on, they're more tactile, and, um, and I find that they... Um, have a better experience when it's something that isn't that they have to log in on their computer. Like I know they have to log in on an iPad, but a computer opening it, doing all of that seems to be um, a little bit more work for an elementary age student. Mm -hmm. So Kathy, can you tell us a little bit about some of the apps that you find most helpful when kids have an iPad or a tablet? Um, the apps that often I would use the onboard speech to text and text to speech because they are free. But one app that I found particularly helpful, um, and unfortunately it is a subscription, it's made by the people that use Dragon Naturally Speaking. Um, and it is um, um, Dragon, it's called Dragon Dictate. Um, and it works on iPad. Um, I found that to be pretty useful with students that are younger and that are struggling with speech to text. And if, because it is saving a profile, it does um, recognize them more easily. And I found that students, maybe for a while, they have to use Dragon Dictate. They get, they master how to speak to it. As they get older, the speech is more developed and then they can graduate into using um, other types of speech to text. Um, so for speech to text, that is one of my favorites. 
So for dictation, I would recommend um, Dragon or Dragon Dictate for students that are struggling, um, and for anything that's text to speech. So read aloud. I do like um, Read and Write, which is made by Text Help. Um, they have a version that you can use on iPad, and I do find that it's um, really helpful for students to have um, it. And what it does is it attaches to the keyboard, so they just um, anytime they want, they on the globe on their keyboard. If they are using a um, um, an iPad, they switch the globe. It switches keyboards. It works on Android as well. And it's a really handy tool for um, elementary age students to be using on a tablet because read and write is off, is used in so many schools that they're going to graduate to using it on a, a laptop eventually. Kathy, what about um, the students that say, so we historically, you know, for the last, I don't know, 15 to 20 years that I've been in like the field of special education for students that struggle reading independently, we oftentimes would recommend oral administration of their tests, right? And a lot of students liked having a person read it to them. Well, now the shift has changed to most students are taking their tests on a computer. So it is oftentimes that we're recommending um, text-to-speech. So are there programs, text-to-speech apps or programs, where it's actually a human voice speaking rather than like an automated robotic computer sounding voice? Um, yeah, I hear that a lot. Um, because a lot of schools use read and write, um, I think what you'll find is on the iPad, the voices aren't as nice as they are on a computer. And what some teachers do is they actually, if they're using read and write in their school, they can take um, the um, written test, the digital test, and they can convert it to audio right inside Read and Write. Um, and then they can give that to students um, so that they have an MP3 or like an MP3 file on an MP3 player or on their computer. Um, the voices on the computer are actually, some of them are like quite um, human-like. Um, and so that was one of the biggest ways that we were able to give them um, a, an actual audio of their test. And then they could still do it on the computer or they could have a paper copy if necessary. Okay. That's good to know. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's just in the toolbar. It's called um, Audio Maker. Okay. So it sounds like speech to text and text to speech are the most common assistive technology programs that are being used. What are some other very common assistive technology that is used in elementary school or even kind of as we're moving towards from elementary to middle school? Um, so one of the things, that, um, especially um, say with math that we're using is something called a C pen. Um, because oftentimes the students um, sitting there with the textbook and there's still word problems in a math textbook. Um, so those students um, could um, take 
like often I would, we would just have them on the teacher's desk and students could borrow as needed. Um, and they would just use the, a C pen. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of a C pen before. Okay, so a C pen is a text-to-speech device, small enough for a student's hand. It has an OCR um, camera in the base of it. And when they tap on it, it lights up. And it um, as they scroll over the words on a piece of paper, as they scroll over, it has a display screen and it reads it back to them. There's also cursor here so the student could listen to this question uh, over again. So um, where these are like amazing for elementary schools, especially um, math, because a word problem, is, they often would need the teacher to read it out for them. This way they could do it independently. And if they were doing any tests that are multiple choice, this helps them to deter, like to have it read to them and listen to it a few times so that they're hearing the question correctly. So um, a C-Pen was one of my most favorite new tools um, in the last several years. Um, so the pen is actually, it has um, an orange version and a white version. So the orange version, version is the most school friendly because it doesn't have a dictionary on it. It doesn't save anything. So the student um, just uses it to read. So a teacher could actually um, use this for a test without with knowing there's no dictionary, there's nothing else on here, um, and hand it to the student, they can independently have that test read back to them. And there's just a jack in here so that they would be wearing earbuds so that it's, they're the only one hearing it. That's perfect. Wow. Wonderful. So really quick, since we're talking about math, I know obviously we talk about a calculator is often considered assistive technology. Um, are there any math apps or anything that kids use to help with calculations or to help keep their work lined up? Um, any math, other math supports? I like the the pen for the reading and I love that it has ear a place for ear because mm -hmm. I think a lot of kids don't want to use that kind of stuff because they feel different because if it's out loud or if they're having to do voice to text, mm -hmm. everyone can hear them. So I like that it has the, the headphones uh, or the possibility of using headphones. Anything though else, I'm just curious, at elementary math, you know, you're learning those basic calculations. So obviously that is part of the curriculum. And as you get older, then you should already know those, and that's where I think a lot of kids struggle in in the higher grades. But I'm just curious if you know of anything about any other apps for math. Yeah, math is a little uh, is tougher. Like, there's not as much out there. Um, there is an app I'll talk about, or an application that I'll talk about later. That's really good for older kids, but for younger kids, there is something called Mod Math on iPad, um, and it's just like where they have a little keyboard, so they can um, choose the numbers, choose the um, signs, and everything, so that it's all lined up. Um, it just helps students to be able to um, hand in work that's legible because often students lose marks just because the teacher cannot read it. So Mod Math was one of my um, favorites and there was another one called MathPad and MathPad would actually takes um, if a student writes on it with their finger or a stylus um, or an Apple pencil or a generic pencil which I tend to use more than an Apple pencil it actually um, would convert it to digital text for them so then again everything is um, you know uh, so that their teacher can um, 
um, read what they've done and then they can just share it with their teacher. Um, on an iPad, I actually really like um, uh, the notes app as well um, because a student, even if they have, for instance, um, a math worksheet, because teachers are still handing out math worksheets, or if they have the page in a textbook, they can scan the page and then use the markup tool to do the answers or make any annotations on there. So I, I never thought of that. Yeah, That's really smart. I yeah, I recommend the um, Notes app a lot because it's really easy to scan a page. Like when you have um, a page, you just have to scan it, and as you hold it up over the page, it actually, as long as you choose, like don't choose camera, choose scan document, and when you hold it up, it actually recognizes the edges and it shows it in yellow, and then the hmm. students, and then it. Just captures it by itself so students not trying to hold the device and press the um, camera button and then it, it's saved there and then they can just take the markup tools um, mark it up and they and then they can actually share it back to their teacher just by email or however they share in their classroom hmm that is so great. What well, that one's so easy, and everybody has the notes app. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's underutilized. A lot of times, um, people don't realize what they can do with it in a classroom. It's an awesome tool. So let's move on to like middle and high school. So so obviously the voice to text and text to speech are two big ones that we use. I mean, all the way through adulthood, I've had to use them before. But what are some ones that are more appropriate for the older kids as we get middle school, high school, even into college? Okay, so as as the students graduate, they still are using um, dictation, but they're starting to master it. I find they are getting, and they're also embracing using it because their workload has increased, and they actually are starting to see the value of it. And they've learned enough that they know what types of things to do. Um, because all of a sudden here, they're going to be exposed to different types of dictation because there is going to be Google Voice typing in their classroom. Um, um, most likely because Google is most widely used in classrooms. So I often hear is where you have to teach students that um, Google has some quirks and you have to work around them because it doesn't always, um, even if you um, start a new sentence, it might not start it with a capital, even if you have said your dictation. I'm not quite sure why. And sometimes in the middle of a sentence, because you've paused to think about what you're doing, all of a sudden you end up with a capital. So these are the types of things that you have to share with students. You need to have the patience um, to work with those things and to know that in the end you're benefiting. Um, uh, with uh, text-to-speech, um, again, it's read and write. They're going to um, start to use more of the tools on the toolbar, especially if they're using a computer because there are lots of other things on the toolbar. A student themselves, if they're using a computer, can convert a page that they, um, maybe they have a reading for LA, they can convert it to audio themselves. It will be created um, and saved in the downloads of their computer and then they just open it up and then they can listen to it from there. So that's a tool that maybe in elementary school their teacher was using, but now they can use it as well. Um, and then they can just um, also use um, read and write 
to do research on the internet. They can open up the ReadWrite toolbar, have things read back to them, copy and paste parts that they need. Um, from there, they're starting to take notes. Um, and note-taking can be really hard for students. It's hard for adults. Note-taking is just hard. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so for I'm going to maybe first of all talk about note-taking with a smart pen. Um, because a smart because okay. this is where this is going to go from here is that a smart pen records the audio as you're taking your notes. So it's recording what your teacher is saying and you have to have special notebooks and the notebooks oh. have little dots on every page and every um, and every notebook has different dots. So as a student is taking their notes, they would tap back on, and so they have a whole page of notes, they could tap back at the middle of the page and it will start reading back what the teacher said in that point in time. So this is a great, uh, like, Smart pens are a tool that normally I haven't had students have great success until grade nine. Um, and then in grade nine, it's some students, they develop, um, they develop a, a strategy where they are putting not everything that the teacher says down. So they're almost creating an index for themselves. And then I have other students that like to write every single thing down, but then they have the confidence that Whatever they've missed, they can actually tap back and then they can add to their notes in that, at that point in time. Um, the other thing that I've had students do is actually create um, study on their smart pen. So they might use um, study cards, write things on the, write the question on their study card, then um, say the answer into their study card. And then what they, when they're studying, they'll look at their card, say the answer, tap on it, listen to the answer, and see if they got it correctly. So this is, That's yeah, this was one of my favorite. And it's been around for a long time, and it's evolved into different versions because um, you can use it in combination with an iPad or a, a phone. And ha- as, huh. as you're taking your notes, they're appearing on your iPad or your um, tablet or they're appearing on your phone at the same time. So really great tool for sciences or like for chemistry, sciences, math, because if you're working and the teacher is doing a diagram and you're trying to do that diagram and the the teacher is saying what's important at the same time, but you're working on the diagram, then you can tap back at the diagram and you can hear what the teacher said at that point in time and you could add that to your notes. So you don't have to worry about making a note and doing the diagram. You can just do the diagram with the teacher and listen back to what the teacher said after. Can I just say that that is a great app for kids with ADHD because my brain is thinking, how how engaging that would be and kind of fun in in a loose term to take notes like that in class and i think that would keep me very engaged having that technology i love gadgets mm-hmm. i love technology so something like that if i would have had that in high school mm-hmm. awesome I would have had really good notes. (laughs) Um, The thing too, I think, is that a student is writing. They're taking the notes. um, So they're engaged, not just listening. Because I know Mm -hmm. some students, the note thing is really too hard for them and they don't want to. And yeah, in that case, then I'm like, okay, record, just recording is okay. But when they're writing at the same time, they're 
more engaged and they're more likely right. to remember some of those things. That's so cool. So is that that smart pen is it an expensive device? Um, it seems like it might be. It's made by LiveScribe and they're just different versions. There's one version I think that is like $180. It's um, a smaller version. Um, it, and now they're just, this one's being discontinued and they just make it in black now. Um, but it's called Azure. Um, and this pen, when you use it, it will only connect to a device. So as you're writing, you have to be writing on the note paper, but as you tap onto the note paper, it's, um, recording on your device or sorry, you have to tap on your device to say record as you're writing on the note paper, it's appearing on your device. Whereas this pen, you can use it with a computer. You can use it connected to your device. You can just use it on paper and then, um, have your notes, um, uh, connect to your um, MacBook or to a Windows device. So this mm-hmm. one, which is like so varied that you can, it's whatever you want to do with it. We'll put the links for those in our show notes because those are really cool. And I think we'll put links to all the technologies we talk about, but for sure include those because I think those are things mm-hmm. that a lot of students would benefit from. Very cool. Amazing. Even if you can't afford that pen, just audio recording the lecture, even with your phone. And the other pen is like $300. Okay. And do they have pretty good, they have a pretty good lifetime. Like they, they're sturdy. They last. I have a pen that was from when I first started sharing um, that technology with the school. So it's, I'm sure 15, it might even be 18 years old. Um, so, okay. So yes. And it, and it still works. It still works. It's just like the technology now is newer and you will find on, um, even on Amazon, they're still selling the older live scribe pens so that if people want to, and unfortunately, they often cost more than the new one. It's it's like they're um, retro and you have to pay more for that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Frustrating. So, and then, so as we moved into, there's another program um, that has just come on the market in the last few years that I've been watching and it's called Glean. And Glean, I don't know if you had heard of Sonaset before. Um, so Sonaset was uh, where students would have a, maybe a device that was recording as they were taking their notes and they could be on their computer and they could add to it. Um, so now Glean is fully an online um, program. And what it does is as your device would be recording what the teacher is saying, and it's actually, you can watch it processing on the right hand side. And as you're doing that, if the teacher said, this is really important, you can all of a sudden make a note um, or you can highlight it um, at right on your screen or you can always be adding to it and then you can add to it after. So basically you'd have a full transcript, audio and digital of what the teacher said and then after you can boot parts out of it, add to it, highlight things, circle things, do whatever you want to your notes. Um, So a person that really struggles with note-taking, and again, that's a subscription, but a person that really struggles with note-taking, I think this would be a lifesaver for them. And what's it called again? Um, It is called Glean, 
G L E Glean. Okay. Abby, are you writing these down? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Um, and so the other ones, other note taking ones, there's an app um, and it's called uh, Note um, Audio Note. And there's one called Notability. So Notability is my most favorite. And I found that students in grade 12, that is what they wanted to use. They could, if the teacher shares worksheets with them or a work booklet or a notes for the year even, they could import it into Notability, have them open during that class and make notes or drawings or whatever they need to on it, plus tap record so that um, it's whatever the teacher's saying again is being recorded. So they have, they have that backup of whatever teacher said, and then they can add to their notes. Um, and mm. audio note wow. and notability both have that feature um, because there is also one made by OneNote, which some stu- students like if they're using Microsoft Word because it has that familiarity of using Word. It has all the same toolbar and everything. But the record feature is a separate entity. So you could make an audio note, you could say something into it, um, but it doesn't actually synchronize it to what you've written. So if you wrote down apples and the teacher's talking about apples, then they are synchronized. Um, but with the OneNote, which is the Apple or the Microsoft version, that one doesn't have that synchronization. So again, Student wow. preferences, right? And and sometimes mm-hmm. it's surprising what a student will say works for them um, or, or doesn't. I mean, um, with uh, read and write in the elementary school, I did have students, a student, I said, you know, you might want to turn off these clips. Oh, but I like that. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? If that works for you, then just make sure you have your earbuds in so you're not disrupting your, the person beside you. So, you know, we never know what, what will work Um, for a student that we might not like, and they decide that does work for them. You know, that notability too is something I can see going all the way through college, even into the workplace. If you're in a meeting, you want to record it and you're taking notes, like Uh those kinds of things by having it paired up can be really helpful even for an adult and, you know, in a work setting. Absolutely. Those like, and also the um, smart pen, that's where it originated was in the office, people taking notes Uh so they could listen back. Um, So it it started being used in schools, just like Dragon originated in the workplace. Like there's a version for uh, doctors and lawyers and um, hospitals. So those are our tools that we're taking from the workplace or have taken kind of from the workplace. And then um, in doing that, I always talk to my high school students that you, um, you'll be able to use this in the workplace. So embrace it. You'll be able to use it in post-secondary. If you've been using uh-huh. this in high school, you need to go to um you, you need to go to accessibility, talk to them about what you use in school, and you'll be able to use it. Um, and in the workplace, they are, there are instances where you can use um, Dragon. You're not going to be using maybe Google Voice typing. And that's why I say once you've mastered uh, dictation, you can use any dictation. It doesn't have to be. I mean, practicing dictation could be as easy as 
practicing on your phone because there's dictation on your phone. And basically when you talk to your phone and you see that your text message is a mess, you want to erase it and say it again, but you're not going to say it exactly the same way. You know that you need to articulate your words better. You need to give each word its own turn and you so that it's going to get it right. And in doing that, students and adults learn that if I say it like this, my phone always gets it right. It's the same as using it on your computer. Um, and one of the other things that I should mention about the workplace, um, so it's not there, this tool here that I showed you earlier, I showed you the orange one, the white one has a dictionary on it, but there's a version that is made for the workplace. Um, and it's actually black. Is that, are you, that's the smart pen? No, you're this talking is about? the C pen. The C pen? Um, C pen. The C pen. Okay. Um, and so basically it's a scanning uh, te a text to speech pen. Um, oh, but right. they make one for the workplace and it will save nothing on it so that it is a secure device for uh, an employee to use at the workplace and they're not, and they're, the employer doesn't worry that they're storing information on here. How does the dictionary function work? And you said it has a dictionary on it. So does it define words for them? Um, this one would, but the workplace one, I don't believe that it has. It's just reading out to reading out okay. in my, uh, I could be wrong about that one. Um, but well, one of them has a dictionary and one of them doesn't. Yeah. 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 That would be nice to have one with a dictionary as well. We see so many individuals that struggle tremendously with spelling. You know, they may be stellar readers and actually very good writers, but mm -hmm. spelling is their weak area and it trips them up when they're writing and really slows them down because they get stuck on, how do I spell this word? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I used to always recommend electronic dictionaries. You know, if you can put in the first couple letters of the word, it will give you options. Is there anything else that's newer maybe that's out that could help people with spelling? Or is it best just to say, type, your, pa type your paper on the computer and you spell check? Um, so basically, that is what students do. Even though students don't need to use dictation, um, they will um, open dictation just to get a word spelled. So for adults, it's a matter of even if you have your phone in your hand, um, just uh, get the, if you're writing something down, dictate the word into your phone. Hey Siri, how do you spell such and such? That sort of thing. So, so even the young students that aren't using dictation, they will do that. They will ask their device to spell a word for them or they'll turn dictation on just for that phone. So basically uh, I feel like that is universal now. The young younger kids do it as well as the older kids. And it isn't it, it's just for that one word they might use it. Mm -hmm. What was, you had mentioned there was a math app that you preferred for the older kids. Do you remember if what that was? So it is made by the same people that use, that um, make read and write uh, the literacy tool. Um, so they make something called Equatio. 
Um, and Equatio, I find, is underutilized. I think it's a little um, on the expensive side. So a lot of schools, unless it's being utilized, they won't continue their subscription. But what I found is that you could get, like, so that you have a smaller subscription. Maybe you only have it for a small amount of students. You don't have it for the whole school. Um, and what um, Equatio does is in, in a Google Doc, if a student has a worksheet that's shared from a teacher or that they are working on, um, it opens up a workspace on the bottom um, as soon as they tap on Equatio, just as though they'd have to tap on Read and Write. It opens up a workspace and that workspace has speech to text so they could speak the math equation and it will uh, work it out for them. It also has handwriting recognition. So with their mouse, even um, if they don't have a touch screen with their mouse, they could just draw a five and, and it will show up as a five. I've done it lots of times. It actually recognizes you doing that with your mouse. Um, and then it puts it into digital format and then you insert it. You just tap it when it's ready, insert it into your document, uh, your uh uh, Google document. Um, the thing about Equatio 2, it's a really good tool for the teachers because they can create quizzes for students. And then a student can tap on Equatio to answer the question. So then they still have the ability to use Equatio to answer the quiz questions. So it, it is a really cute, cool tool, I think. Um, I do find it's, it seems... Um, that not all math teachers embrace it. Um, but with those students that are continuously handing in work that a teacher can't read because the student is not making it readable, I found mm -hmm. Equatio to be so helpful for those students because they could hand in work that was legible for their teacher. Does it actually solve the calculations or just, just prints out in legibly the the calculate the equation. No, this was not for um, uh, actually yeah. doing. Sorry, wait a second. Good, because I think that's what holds people back is they're afraid that the that the app is going to do the math for them, mm -hmm. and then that's why a lot of people shy away from those math apps. So I think it's important that everybody knows these math apps that we've talked about don't do any of the work. No. They just make it legible. Um, line up your columns, all that good stuff. Because mm -hmm. that to me is where kids often mess up their calculations because they can't read their numbers, mm -hmm. they've transposed numbers, or their columns are a hot mess. So that's awesome. That And, and it, it does sound like it'd be a lot better for longer equations, more algebra yeah. than like mod math would be. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's used, it's, it's a better use for older students. Um, and yeah, the younger students, I found them they would find it confusing and a lot of times they're not on a computer and Equatio only works in uh, on a computer, it works in Google Docs. Okay, good. So as we kind of wrap up, is there, are there any apps or assistive technology devices that you wanted to share that we haven't 
talked about yet? I don't want to, I don't want to leave anything out because this is so helpful. I uh, know there, I mean, yes, there is something that I did want, do want to share and it's called rocket notebook. Um, and oh. rocket notebook is a really good tool for students that are disorganized. They're losing wow. their sheets. And so it's really good for math sciences. A lot of times where they're doing drawings and calculations, um, because it's just an, it's a, it has a companion app for a phone or a device and they scan the page and they before they even scan the page they actually identify where that is going to go so is it going to go in um their uh drive is it going to go in their math folder is it going to go in the math folder that's for june that sort of thing like they can identify right down to the folder where it goes um and so yeah, it, it's a really good tool for disorganized students. I know students have a notebook, but they can lose the whole notebook. So if they're scanning each page after each class, um, it they, ha- they have it saved. It's always saved in their drive. Um, the other cool thing that the Rocket Notebook makes is something called beacons. So if a student does have a teacher that's doing something on a whiteboard and they're doing it together and that student wants to capture it, then they can use their... The, if And that these, I think they cost $20. They're not very expensive, probably $15. Um, and they have their little orange triangles that they just put in the corners of what they want to capture. So if the whiteboard has a a full equation that they've all done together, they just put the beacons, as they're called, in the four corners. They take their phone and then they just, in their app, capture it, and then they can capture it to whichever folder that they want. Um, So yeah, they... And, and some of these, they can capture things and email it to a teacher. They can capture things. It, just at the bottom, they have to cross off symbols. And they can actually capture to two places. So they could capture it so they're emailing it to their teacher and saving it in their math folder for June. That's, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's one that of, is awesome. I love the one of organizational the, piece of that. Yes, because a lot of times and maybe some students are just that's what their problem is, is they just are oh, yeah. and they keep losing things. So that's mm-hmm. one way that they can um, have to generally keep, you know things a little bit more just more organized. Sure. Well, that is awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're going to try to include the links to all of these things, but listeners, if there's a question you have about any of the technologies, please feel free to reach out to us. If we can't answer the question, we know how to find Kathy. She's going to help us find the answer. Kathy, if anyone has questions for you directly about any of the technologies or the services that you offer, what's the best way for them to contact you? Um, I have an email. Um, it's at coach.kathy, which is C-A-T-H-I, at gmail.com. So A-T, and then just coach.c-a-t-h-i at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you. We'll include that in the show notes too, just in case you're driving and you can't write it down. Um, Kathy, thank you so much for being here today. This has been awesome. I am already thinking about all of the the additions to our recommendations mm-hmm. that we're going to have based on our conversation. And I think we might need to get a rocket notebook for the office because I just think that'd be cool to have and something to show like the real thing. For so sure. I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with us today. Thank you, Kathy. I'm just curious on your website, do you have 
listed resources or, you know, some of the most common assistive technology? I'm actually just working on my website. Like okay. I have some of the, some of it done. I'm not complete yet. Okay. Um, so once I have it done, I will be sure to uh, forward it to you guys. Perfect. And then we can share that with our listeners and with clients that we work with. So appreciate that. Thank you so much. And mostly this, the type of service is basically is one-to-one consulting with um, s- students with their parents, I find, is the biggest thing that I do right now is, um, yeah, just sharing with teachers. Or with, and actually, I've met with teachers as well that might be from other schools. Um, and, yeah, and that's mostly what people are looking for. That's awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you have any questions for us or have suggestions about future episodes, do not hesitate to email us at Let's Talk Learning Disabilities at gmail.com. Abby, tell them about our website. And you can also access our podcast website at www.ltldpodcast.com, where you can see all the episodes we've recorded in chronological order, or you can choose episodes to listen to by categories. So feel free to visit that website and check out all our different recordings. We're also really excited to announce that coming up, uh, I think starting our next episode or maybe episode after that, we are going to be having some parent interviews. We've been working on these diligently. We're going to be speaking with parents about their experiences going through the process of having kids that struggle, what it was like to have them diagnosed, and then what life has been like since that diagnosis. So stay tuned. Those will be coming out here within the next couple of episodes. And I think they're going to be, so far, I'm super excited. They've been, the interviews have been awesome. Awesome. So great thank you guys for listening. Hope everyone has a great day. Thanks, Kathy. And Uh, We'll see you guys back here next time. Bye, everyone. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today. In our show notes, you can find information about today's talk, as well as links to resources and other episodes. If you have questions about today's talk, have ideas for future episodes, or just want to stay connected, you can contact us through Diagnostic Learning Services on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So, let's keep talking learning disabilities. This podcast is sponsored by eDiagnostic Learning. You can find more information at www.ediagnosticlearning.com.